0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of the to Nerd Podcast. I'm your Spencer. I'm hopped up on a bunch of drugs because I'm sick as all can be. So, my boy, West, is, uh, is here to save me. This episode was brought to you by the letter D for drugs. I love drugs.
1: So, uh, you know, uh, do the drugs you're supposed to do, or must do, or... Yeah. What to do and do it safely
0: yeah and you know take take the appropriate listen. amounts according to what your doctor says or the bottle you know depending on
1: yeah what's the going bottle on a beer tells you drink me oh you drink it
0: fair enough uh no Wes, i'm yeah, excited we're here to
1: talk to you about video games
0: yeah right? i was gonna say i'm excited to talk to you about video games today um i was especially excited for our Nerd Fact of the Day. I got to pull it back up, but I saw this, and I was like... I was like, of the week. It's the week. You're right. I apologize. I no, apologize.
1: I, I mean, it could be Nerd Fact of the Day, but that means that there's a, that we're missing a lot of them, right? There's uh, That would be six-sevenths of the volume of Nerd Facts that is not reaching our audience, Spencer.
0: That's true. That's true. I'm going to pull this one up
1: really quick. So instead, one out of one Nerd Fact per week coming right at you. Any minute now, from the man, the myth, the big sick,
0: Spencer Howland. The big sick is—it's uh, not one that I—that I have been called before. So yeah, as of Tuesday. so this week, this week, uh, in two thousand and nine. Pokémon Mystery Dungeon: Explorers of the Sky was released on the Nintendo DS.
1: Yeah, I saw that tweet earlier today from some different Mystery Dungeon fan accounts. But yes, so it was. Let's uh, talk it was about
0: this. Yeah, it was yesterday, and uh, Wes, why don't you, why don't, for for today's uh, nerd fact of the week? Since we're doing video games, I thought I'd do a video game one. I mean, you've you've done it once on this podcast, but do again. Sell people on what you say is the best Mystery Dungeon game. Uh, Not only
1: the the best Mystery Dungeon game, I think it's the best Pokemon game I've ever played. Um, Things that I can use to draw in the hearts and minds of all people. Incredible storyline. Memorable characters. Surprisingly stunning views at different times. There's some awesome kind of just like splash art that they'll put up for important moments, an incredible soundtrack. But also, Pokémon, and better than just Pokémon, it's Gen 4 Pokémon, which in terms of the way that Pokémon mechanics work feels incredibly smooth compared to earlier implementations, yet not as heavy as some later implementations. A big range of Pokémon you can be, Including just a whole bunch, you get to be a Pokemon. That I suppose that's an important selling point of the Mystery Dungeon franchise. You are exploring a world by Pokemon, for Pokemon, with Pokemon.
0: I love it. In November, we'll do a we'll do a review of the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon demo for the Switch, um, so that so people can can get a view of that. I I loved. I have a question for you. If I haven't played red or blue, will I get this one? There is nothing to get between them. Okay, so there's no it's not like there's no continuity between them no nope. games.
1: Cool. Um is just surprise, or you know, you would have known mechanics if you'd played the previous one, but awesome. I think that Sky does a great job of explaining itself.
0: Well, if you want to hear the pre-show where uh, West and I talk about some different stuff, you want early access to the podcast, don't forget to head over to patreon.com slash easygamemedia to see that. We still haven't created our Discord benefits yet, but I am uh, kind of deciding what those are going to be. We will definitely have a private room for the Patreon-only podcasts that we'll be doing each month, where... Uh, your, those questions will only be answered there uh, from that private room. So, stuff like that. It'll be really fun. I'm really excited about it. But, yeah, early access, behind-the-scenes content, stuff like that. Patreon.com slash media. This week, West, we're we're going out of our comfort zone a little. And, you know, people yeah. will be like...
1: Surprisingly familiar.
0: <laughs> and the reason it's familiar is because it's video games. We're going to talk about video games that we love... Uh, outside of our genre. Uh, and when you kind of pitch this idea, I really liked it. I really like the idea of kind of just a more laid back episode where we pitch things that we love that aren't typically things that we love. Uh, because, Which, you know,
1: to some degree means they're exceptional within their
0: field. Probably. I would not know for uh, a couple for, for mine. Because I just don't play outside of these games, but I I do really enjoy the ones that I am gonna talk about. Um, but West, uh, why don't you why don't you tell the audience if if you're listening, and you're not a video gamer or maybe you're new to gaming? Let's let's break it down real simple. Like, what is a genre? Sure,
1: a genre is uh, a is a term used to indicate a collection of games with similar play styles or mechanics or goals. Um, uh, you hear RPG often as part of a description of a game, role-playing game, as uh, one genre. And this is probably the broadest genre I could suggest. It's like saying rock as a music genre.
0: Should, should, um, we, uh, should we throw the wiki? There,
1: we're going to get more narrow depending on the game.
0: Should we get Wikipedia definition here? Yeah. Due to the due to direct and active participation of the player, video game genres differ literally uh, uh, from literary and film genres. Though one could state that the Space Invaders is a science fiction video game, uh, he it ignores the fundamental differences and similarities between. Bet- that to be found in the player's expectations. In contrast, visual aesthetics of games, which very greatly is argued uh, the, the whether it would be a characteristic to all games. Uh, target audience, underlying purpose, and theme of the game sometimes used as a genre identifier, such as with a Christian game or a serious game. Boom. So here's an
1: interesting thing about Wikipedia, is as opposed to dictionaries... Opening paragraph of Wikipedia articles are, like, nearly always baseless speculation.
0: <laughs> no, I actually think it's a good point, though, right? Like, I could have... So, like, a really good example... No, exam- totally. I
1: agree with it, but it, like, it's just funny.
0: The difference between RPGs from, like, a movie or literary genre standpoint is vast, right? I could have an RPG based in any type of movie or film genre. Like, I could have yeah. a horror RPG. I could have an action RPG. I could have a... Uh, you know, well, fantasy
1: RPG. What's interesting is it means that RPGs get to have two genres. They get to have a play style and a story genre. Sure. And chess, video game chess, has a play style of turn-based strategy game and a story of null. Right. Whereas... Uh, Oh, let's say Fire Emblem Three Houses, as a notable modern RPG, is specifically a turn-based strategy game Japanese RPG, which has a large number of expectations going into it.
0: So, Wes, what are your go-to RPGs? Like, if you had two, three RPGs, (laughs) what are your go-to genres? If you have two or three genres, where are you going for video games?
1: I play a lot of um, a lot of turn-based strategy games. Um, I play a lot of fantasy role-playing games. And I have in my life played a decent amount of real-time strategy games Actually, no, no, no. I, I want to say, like, farming exploration games. I'm not sure exactly what word I would use for it, but it's like sure. your Minecraft and your Stardew
0: Valleys. Yeah, I was going to say your your Harvest Moon style games.
1: Yeah, well, oh boy, Harvest Moon is even like... Uh, one of the cool things about genres is that um, by adding terms, you get to split things into trying to classify them, right? Like, if Minecraft is part of the genre, Harvest Moon is, like, a tiny subgenre within that genre. Sure. There's so many additional things.
0: Sure. Yeah. I, I, I love it. I love it. So how did you go about picking the games we're going to talk to talk about today for you? Like, how did you decide what, was it just your favorite games outside of those genres? Was it specific games you wanted to highlight outside of those genres? Like, how did you go about picking them?
1: Um, I think that the first of my games today, the one that I would say is like my most beloved game that is of a genre that I will never be excited about again is Halo 3. Um, and I had it in mind when I pitched the episode. Um, I just realized that, like, shooters, first-person shooters are not a game type that I'm interested in playing really for the rest of my life. I have some, like, fundamental ethical questions about them, as well as just they require this reaction speed and, um, like level of attention that I can't always provide when playing video games. Um, awesome. But Halo three holds a very warm place in my heart all the same, because it was probably the best video game I'd ever played when I
0: touched it the first time. It's funny. I have not played Halo three outside of a uh, multiplayer with some of my friends sometimes. And you, myself and Matt Kling are going to uh, try and play the campaign on that game. And I'm, I'm really excited for it. Um, I've started, started that campaign once before with Matt Kling in person, but we we didn't get very far just because we got busy with something else. It's probably Magic-related. But what is it about Halo 3 that made it the, like, the best game you'd played up to that point?
1: Oh, boy. So um, it was probably the first game I ever played on the Xbox 360, which prior to that moment in my life, I'd only ever played um, on a GameCube for um consoles that i had used um i had i was deep into handheld nintendo consoles at that point but
0: as you should have been
1: absolutely but like for some reason my parents were always extremely hesitant having any consoles growing up sure Um, somehow the handheld one snuck in under the radar it was an uphill battle the whole way all the same um some theme of the podcast is me thrashing my parents refusal to give me video games as a kid.
0: Yeah, I know. Before uh, it was TV shows. Now we're going video games to West.
1: Boy, did I have a lot of Thomas the Tank Engine toys. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: so you sit down for the first time, um it's it's so funny uh, to me. I was at a
1: friend's house, big flat screen TV. Yeah,
0: the Halo experience. Yeah. We had we had we had lots of I think the first time I played Halo 3 was at a swing club uh, after, like, end-of-year party in a friend's theater room um, in their basement. It took me several seconds to process that title, but sure, go ahead. What? Just all of it. Yeah, I did swing club. You know, the dance? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Theater room is a room that is like a movie theater in your house, West. Yeah. Anyway, so we were at a friend's uh, movie ro- room the first time that I play it, and it was, like, pretty crazy because, like, I think that for me, most of my Halo experience was on Halo 2, just on the OG Xbox, mm-hmm. and uh, it was, the I think the biggest thing for me, and you, I don't know how, how much you can speak to this, was just the smoothness of controls going from an OG Xbox controller to the Xbox 360 controller. And honestly, if we're being honest, the Xbox 360 controller, like, redefined controllers, and Halo 3 specifically, for all console gaming. I mean, you talked about playing on a GameCube controller. Um, man, is that a vast difference.
1: <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, I mean, clearly, one of the things that's incredible about console video gaming is how, in conversation, all of the, the major players are with each other. Not in terms of them talking to each other as they're designing their products, but how each subsequent design of the product is informed by all of the best pieces of each other's work.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've got just like looking next to me, I've got the Switch Pro controller and a uh, and an Xbox One controller. And like, can you imagine, these things would not exist without, probably without Halo 3, to be honest. Like,
1: how many controllers can we hold no, but on our desk all at once? I got
0: a GameCube controller next to me too, but I wasn't um, gonna the, pick that up.
1: There, oh, here's the how it began, and you've got the how it how it is but, right now for but, Twitter memes.
0: But for real, like if it was not for that game and that controller, how different would video game controls be today?
1: I think video games would be different, right? It's a it's a landmark work.
0: Yeah, I, I Halo completely Three agree.
1: is. I mean, I was playing it in, like, 06, right? Like, it, what was it,
0: 05 release? I feel like I have to know this. That sounds about right. I think it would have been either 06 or just after. But.
1: Uh, it, oh, I'm wrong. It came out in 2007. It came out as I started seventh grade. Okay. Um, which I guess holds up in my memories. Um, my junior
0: year of high school. That makes sense. Yeah.
1: I... But basically, I spent 7th and 8th grade. I had a friend who lived along my walk home from school. I began walking home in about 7th grade. Um, And, like, every day, I would just, like, if I could get away with it, I would just go hang out there for two, three hours, and we would uh, jam Xbox games, um, primarily Halo 3. And over time, I just got to know, like, the ins and outs of all of the levels in this game without ever owning it.
0: Can I ask how, like, how, and nostalgia plays a factor for everybody. I think anybody who denies nostalgia isn't, a... I, I just think it's a good thing at this point in my life. Like, I uh, I, I think it's great. Have you, I, I know that you bought Halo to play with I me in that. I played
1: five hours of it left.
0: <laughs> I was just going to ask.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I played through more than the first half of the campaign last night.
0: Oh man, I'm so excited to play the campaign with you, man. It's it is it's so funny when you go back. I played I played a I I was at a friend's house this weekend um in Las Vegas uh who let me stay there for my friend Casey's wedding and just you know, somebody's like, "Do you want to play Magic?" And I was like, "Yeah, I do." And they just got out the Magic decks that they built through like you know, three fat packs and stuff. And like, we just played games and like, I cried shuffling those cards after not, oh, after not
1: playing magic cards without having to care about the everything of magic. Yeah. For it... even just a little while is so fascinating because every, every hand you draw is just a, is just a dream fantasy. Yeah. Until you start like nitpicking.
0: But like, if you think about like the, the simple nostalgia of like shuffling a deck of magic cards that I haven't experienced since February and then apply that to like a video game that's
1: a muscle memory to it. Yeah, There's, like that defined
0: uh... your childhood. I bet the first oh, yeah. time you you stuck a sticky grenade last night you were like, oh man, oh uh, man.
1: Among the many other things that felt amazing about last night from like no scoping to uh, um, like, oh, oh, you know what one felt great? When I finally got to, like, have a tank, and I, like, placed, like, had four different Marines on it, all with, like, good weapons that, like, destroy another vehicle. Like, um, I don't know. There's a lot of nostalgia to Halo 3 um, for me. And it's definitely, like, it's the whole package. Like, I played a lot of multiplayer, like, whether it was just at home, like, four-person Slayer. Or, um, Slayer. A, another group of friends of mine growing up, we had a uh, a, a type we played which was like a hundred percent, like the whatever the full speed you could go, whatever the full jump you could go. Um, one shot kills you, pistols only. Nice on the uh, there's like a level that like has like the grav lifts across it or whatever. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Right. I know
0: which one you're talking about.
1: Um, and like it was just chaos, it was beautiful.
0: Nice. So I think you have talked touched on a couple of things, but what stood out for Halo Three, like it's outside of your genre, so like where 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 is the reason? Like, is it just because of the nostalgia, or is there other reasons?
1: Um, I think the the setting is fantastic enough that it lets me step outside of like other. Obviously, Halo Three is not the same genre as Call of Duty, but the parallels are certainly numerous. Um, And like a Call of Duty, I don't know if I would play these days, or I actively would avoid playing because it's just a bit too real, a bit too gritty, a bit too I know it plays into some elements in society I don't love. Um, Sure. Halo, Halo 3 is closer to like how I can justify
0: the violence my characters sure.
1: cause in D and D, for instance.
0: You'll have to come over and play some Halo Infinite with me for the campaign when when I get it.
1: I'm in for it. Yeah, uh, I play a good amount of Halo, and I, I really like the campaign. I think that like following yeah. the stories is fun. They put um, I I love when games that have just like a ton of stuff going on in them, like a ton of different weapon types a ton of different vehicles like they just lay it out slowly over the course of a campaign as a really good way to introduce it all it's really fun
0: um before we go on to your second game uh i just want to kind of highlight here something that we've talked about on the show before but you talked about escaping like you used you escaped from reality in halo 3 in a way that maybe you don't always find possible in games like maybe counter-strike or or you know or games like uh, Modern Warfare, or Call of Duty, yeah, and... PUBG,
1: or you know, yeah, I, I, I like a that I, game of that.
0: I think esca- I think escaping in video games is like I don't know half the reason that I like them. Yeah, what's your second game?
1: So my second game is a mm, very unknown uh, um, RPG or not RPG, but indie puzzle game called The Witness. Um, and if you haven't heard of it which is probably anyone listening to this um, I had
0: I'm I had never heard of it before you said it on and
1: and part of the reason why I consider this to be outside of my genre is I love puzzle games but like a puzzle game with like a full story and a long playthrough I'm unlikely to get through it and this game is just def- defies a lot of different attempts to categorize it but the premise is relatively simple you wake up on a seemingly deserted island that has a good amount of infrastructure put in. It seems like industrial level infrastructure, but everywhere you go are these like puzzles that you have to solve in order to unlock the thing or move a bit of walkway or otherwise move forward in exploring the island. and they're, they're, like, the sort of games that, like, a mobile game on your phone, like, a simple puzzle game would have. But, like, at least at the they start. But as they go, each zone has its own mechanics that you're playing with within these puzzles, where you're essentially um, going from a start point and an end point without... I mean, it actually just, like, changes wildly throughout it, but you're, like, drawing lines through grids, depending on a bunch of rules. But... Um, Sometimes the clues are hidden in the scenery around you for solving it. Um, And just, it's really lovingly animated. Please just like Google the witness and look at images for a moment. And if you're not like drawn to play this game by how gorgeous it is, uh, then you're looking for something different in video games than I am. But
0: dude, you know, what's funny is the more you pitch this, the more, it sounds like reminds me of like a like an adult version of uh Zelda Link's Awakening like and I, I i don't know like i love the the puzzle aspects of the Zelda games i love and i would love kind of like a a simpler story simpler puzzles i don't know like it it sounds sweet
1: it really is
0: um Would you describe it as, like, an adventure puzzle game, or would you describe it as just straight-up puzzles?
1: There's... You're not... You have an avatar in the world, but you're not a very robust avatar. You're Mm -hmm. not jumping... You're not platforming very much. You're really just, like, walking on paths or between areas. Um, There's stuff you can interact with out in the world, but, like, you know, you don't fight anything. You don't run from anything. Um, You're mostly, like solving these puzzles to move forward, but there's a lot of, like, war is a weird word to use, but basically the island has, uh, has a story of how it became this way, and it's laid out for you in little bits and pieces all over the island, Um, and it's, um, one thing that's delightful about it is that it is, it's just tough, like, you, you're problem solving every bit of the way, and there's not a lot of ways to subvert that, right? You can look things up, but right. That's that's. I, I definitely looked up some puzzles in this because they were too frustrating after a while. But that's okay. Um, it really helps you think critically. Um, it was fun. It was one of the first games I ever streamed a little bit of. Nice. Um, didn't have a lot of viewers, but I
0: was I was having fun with it. Dude, it's all about having fun. That's something that I've learned recently in streaming. Yeah. So. Cool. So, uh, I guess I'll go to me. So my my genres are RPG, easily number one. Like, I would rather play an RPG than do most things in my life. Yeah. Um, you like if you go through my favorite games of all time. Do you have a specific subgenre of RPGs that you like? Um. I don't know. It's kind of hard. Like, when I was younger, I used to always say that Final Fantasy Tactics Advance was my favorite video game of all time. As I got older, it was more, uh, you know, Kotor. It, you know, so I really like turn-based RPGs. I really like, but but what's or important? Or pseudo
1: turn-based like Kotor is.
0: Yeah, Kotor pseudo turn. That is not the reason to like Kotor though. The combat system in Kotor is like. It's problem, not, <laughs>
1: not... I mean, it's a, it's a relatively <laughs> common combat system across a lot of RPGs
0: of its era. Sure. Um, but for me, like, the thing is is escaping, like you said. So for me, I usually go into a video game to escape. Um, I really like sports video games. So, like, NCAA football, Madden, just spending hours just trying to break records and stuff like that, be, just competing against myself. And I'm a really competitive person, But I don't necessarily always like competing against the entire world. Like, sometimes it's just getting better today at something than I was yesterday. Um, So, sports games are probably up there for me. And then, I really, I don't know, I just really love platformers. So, like, uh, you know, Mario... Just, uh, I've been playing Super Lucky's Tale. I'm not done with it. It's actually really hard for a platformer for me, because I just haven't played a ton of platformers recently. But I also got the, I streamed uh, Galaxy and Sunshine, so I'm, I'm going to be playing those over the next year or so. Um, and there'll be a video up on the YouTube channel with my initial impressions. But those are kind of the big ones for me. I I, I almost picked like some of the Zelda games, People like to say that the Zelda games are RPGs, but I do not believe that. I believe that they're a
1: wild skew. Yeah, I think that they're
0: action puzzle games.
1: But one of the cool things I like about the Legend of Zelda as a series is how diverse the games are. Yeah. Um, relative to each other, right? Like if you take Zelda and Pokemon, for instance. And like you know, held up and examined like <laughs> I think right? that's a some flub. of those similarities right there. I think like Pokemon stays in this sort of rigid structure for I a think- long time, and it, like Zelda was bucking its precedent in the second release.
0: Yeah, I don't know that that's a good example of the good things that Zelda did, but <laughs>
1: well, no, no, because I I think that they explore a lot of different spaces, and the best games are the ones that
0: like really push into new territory. It's it's funny, right? Because like you know, Pokemon is like the perfect example of like I'll probably play it, I'll probably enjoy it. Um, I skipped Black and White and Black and White Two. Like I I don't know, I just I just enjoy RPGs. Pokemon's lacking in a couple of ways for me, like to be like one of the best games. Like its stories are usually pretty bad.
1: Well, but... the thing that makes Pokemon good is it's a it's actually a massive multiplayer online game,
0: not a uh, um. Yeah, that's, that's probably true. Uh, <laughs> but, but the first game that I want to talk about um, is one that I don't think will surprise anybody, um, and that is Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Defend this being out of the genres
1: you usually play.
0: Okay, so first of all, I don't like fighters. Like... Um, and the the problem is is that Smash Bros is a platform fighter, which makes it very different from you know Tekken, Mortal Kombat. I I try to get into Mortal Kombat. I try to get into Tekken. I try to get into Street Fighter. It just doesn't. I I own Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Fighter Z for my Switch. Dragon Ball Z Dragon Ball Fighters. Sorry, for my Switch. I I just it's fun like. I would play Fighters with... Mason has it too. I'd play, play Fighters with my friend Mason if he wanted to, basically whenever he wanted. But there's something different about this game for me. Like, Ultimate... It's the whole package. It is It is so different. Um, I So often people are like, oh, I don't like Fighters, so I've never really gotten into it. I'm like, that is not how I would describe this game. I approach ultimate as magic the gathering at a thousand times speed with uh a much wider metagame and much more ability to outplay your opponent and less variance
1: so you're telling me that top tier smash literally is like lsv versus uh you watanabe
0: no no it's way better than that like absolutely that fast uh, it's, it's faster than that and better than that. There is not a, I don't think that there is a point in magic history where you can, where you can point to as many insane plays and good things as like an average smash match. And that's why it's a better viewer experience. Um,
1: certainly everything is exciting all the time.
0: I, well, unless you're playing against Sonic or Game & Watch, but you know, that's or besides the point.
1: All of HBox's opponents.
0: Oh, I don't know. I, I think Puff is hype, but I, I, I do think I do think that one of the cool things that Smash Ultimate has going for it is just how fast it is. And you know, I I like that there there's this party level entry, right? You can love Smash without wanting to play competitive Smash. Yeah. In like a
1: real way. And the thing that I like about that is they still play the same game that competitive Smash players play.
0: I played Smash all weekend in Vegas uh, with people that have put in zero hours into Ultimate, and I didn't win every game. We turned on Final Smash. Uh, we played 4v4. Four, four four, we played 2v2. Two two, and, like, I wasn't winning every game. I think I lost four times over the weekend. So it's not like, you know, there's... N- it's not like there's no variance. I'm or there's. Here.
1: I'm over here thinking uh, Patriot's sus because of the number of times I've beaten you lifetime, but maybe you're just trying a
0: lot harder against me. Well, it's, it's just uh, – have you never beaten me? I'm not sure I have in okay, any way that... other than
1: like, you straight <laughs> up dying twice for no reason.
0: Hey, here's the thing is that – um Imagine you were more inebriated then as well. Yeah, I was. But that, that's not really the point. My point with with this game specifically, because, you know, I, I was at a place when this game came out where, like, you know, I was looking for an outlet to, like, try and improve myself and uh, outside of Magic the Gathering, and Smash did that in ways that I didn't expect. And it's so different from other fighting games because like I tried, like I said, I tried Dragon Ball Fighters, I've tried other games, and this one speaks to me kind of in a different way because it has all the elements. If I wanna go into a laboratory and just make myself better at something, I can do that. If I wanna just pull Smash out and have a party with people, I can do that. If I want at my birthday party to just smash people's faces and to make myself feel good for my birthday. I was there. I can do that. And it is, it is so cool to have a game with that kind of range. And for that game to be a fighting game is even cooler to me because I just, I think that like, if like as somebody who has played against somebody who is a like a semi pro street fighter player in street fighters, it's like, or I, I, even more common for me was Marvel versus Catcom. It's just like, all right, well, this is, this is, there's not a setting you could change to make this fun. Whereas that's just not true in Smash. And I really like that about it.
1: Yeah. There's lots of ways to even. Also know.
0: people who want to say it's a party game and not a fighter, whatever. I, I called it a fighter on the podcast.
1: Also, I think that anyone who's here arguing with us about genre definitions is I think severely missing the point of this podcast. Or what we're using <laughs> genres for. Sure. Because genres are words we use to talk about games, not a like there's not like an obelisk out there where the name of every real RPG is inscribed on it.
0: All right, I am going to actually probably buy this game tonight. The witness? Be, well, I'm going to I have so many games that I want to play right now, West, don't don't make me uh, no, I just won't play this game again. So, my next one, I'm cheating, Wes. I'm going to give you two. I have tried...
1: That
0: I tried Forza.
1: You asked me to stick to a. Thruster. I didn't ask you to
0: stick to anything. I've tried Forza. I've tried Sega GT Racing. Like, I have tried all kinds of racers. And the two racers that no one has competed with are Midnight Club 3 Dub Edition... And Need for Speed Underground 2. And
1: every snowboarding or skiing racing game I've ever played. And
0: Mario Kart. (laughs) So, I don't know what it was about these games for me. But I was enamored, enthralled. I don't even know the words to use. Unlocking cars. Getting progress. It felt like it was a racing game RPG. In a way that no other game had felt like before. And both of these games are—they are almost the same game, like in so many ways. Um, unlocking new places to visit, unlocking more of your map, like it was unreal. And if you are just looking for a really fun, easy entry into racing games with tons of customization, tons of things to unlock, and just relaxing, and this is this is it. This is where to be. I also had to get some old stuff in here, just like you did, because like, I'm all about that retro. And I think it's safe to say that like Xbox 360 games are retro now. And oh, I think both these games clear. are OG Xbox. Like, OG Xbox. So...
1: Are you sure they're not Xbox 2 or
0: Xbox 4? I don't know. Those don't exist. No, they don't. Naming practices are odd. But, but the... Just level of... I mean, man, the hours I spent playing these games, just trying to get better at at this type of stuff, is mm-hmm. uh, and something that I never done before it was really fun for me as a kid, and something that I really enjoyed um, unlocking. I uh, I think it is, I think, it's Need for Speed Underground Two. I can't remember what the time. One of them, like the level that your car is like cool looking, determines unlocking certain events and. You know stuff like that. It is. It is.
1: That is definitely not the feature I would have ever assumed a racing game would have. It's so cool. Huge
0: points there. It's so cool. Like these games, if you want a racing game that makes you feel like you're playing an RPG, these two games will do that. Um, and you know, it's like, well, then how is that said? You're drawn. It's like it is. Like I'm not here to. I'm Uh, not.
1: Hot take, Spencer. Yeah. Racing games aren't a genre. They're just Grand Theft Auto with fewer features.
0: Ooh. I'm kidding, by the way. (laughs) If you were on TikTok today, that joke is way funnier because there was a 12-year-old who stole a school bus and he was all over TikTok today. He had, like, 32 cops chasing him down trying to get this 12-year-old to stop driving this bus. And it was... uh, I will not say what I think it was on this show because YouTube. But anyway... Uh, if you want to drive a motorcycle, though, in a video game against people driving cars to try and win races, Midnight Mario Club. Kart. Oh, that one, too. <laughs> Mario Kart's all
1: right. a... all right. I'm just going to throw Mario Kart at all of it because Smash is the fighting game of Mario Kart.
0: Sure. Sure. I, it's true. It's true. I I really enjoyed these two. Um, I wonder if one of them is on Game Pass right now because I would, I would play that right now. I would just buy one right now, though, so. But that is going to do it for the show. West. what do you think we learned this week? Like, I want to play all the games we talked about. It's... Um, I think that they're within... I think that one of
1: the cool things about video games is how many factors go into what we'll like in a video game. Sure. Beyond the genre, right? Like, I think a lot of people probably they keep their eye out for like a few specific genres and like they look into like the notable headliners of all of that. And then after that, it's kind of up to you to figure out what games you want to play. Yeah. But like clearly there are like, there are games that I love in racing. There are games that I love in fight in uh fighting, fighters. I love games in first person shooters. I'm not sure. I loved a single game in third person shooters ever. Um, would you level. describe would you describe would you Metroid third person Prime
0: shooter? as a third-person shooter? Not played it. Okay. Okay.
1: You know, it's and, funny. And I think that's the other beautiful thing is that there are totally games that because they they break some convention of their genre,
0: they become almost new genres unto themselves. That's the whole point that I wanted to make on the show is just breaking out of your comfort zone will help you identify the things you like. Like if I only played RPGs, for my whole life, I'd be missing out on so many things I love. Um, so many things that give me a break from that.
1: Okay, the, but think about like how well you would know the good lines in Final Fantasy VII.
0: I've never played Final Fantasy VII. Neither have I. <laughs> I didn't own a PlayStation. Um. So, thanks. Thanks for throwing me under the bus there, West. That's that's a. Uh, I almost
1: threw. I basically threw me under the that's bus. That's true, hey? but. Who are apparently under a 12-year-old on a bus.
0: Yeah. Under a bus. Oh, man, that was a good, good reference. Good, well done. Circling it back. The Dane Cook, the Dane Cook approach to comedy, I appreciate it, West. I appreciate it. I I think, I think that for me, the, the reason I was so excited to do this episode is just, I love talking about things that I love. And I also love not having to defend things that you love, not having to, like, just go enjoy yourself. Like, so often, I think, at least for me and West, if, you, if this isn't true for you, please speak up, but so often, I am paralyzed by making a choice in what type of game to buy. And when you pitched this podcast idea, I was like, you know what? I, that's so stupid. I used to just throw in a video game and try it. Like, what am I scared of?
1: Yeah, I think that a big part of it is you can get so much info about a video game before you try it these days. Not all of which actually could help you make a decision as to whether you would like the gameplay of it.
0: I also think Um, that too often I am doing that. Like, too often I am getting oversaturated with information and opinions about a game before developing my own. Yeah, I think that
1: the number one thing I need is just a solid, like, recommendation from a friend. Yeah. That's a good way to... uh... I might,
0: yeah. I probably going to try the game that you, uh, what did you, Esca- uh, the Wilds? What was it the called? The Witness. The I Witness. Can... Yeah, it's. Yeah. Just, well, like, we'll you... put a link in the show notes where you can get all of four of these or five of these games technically. Um, but yeah, thank you everybody so much for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you to those who are here on Patreon. If you're listening to this early and you, we will be back every week. I am surprised I made it through this episode West. I don't even know that I coughed. I'm, I, I am impressed. You, you stood up ready to play. Yeah, dude. I was ready to go. I was ready to go. You can be ready to go, too, uh, next week with another episode of the Need to Nerd podcast.
1: Before then, come at us on our Discord, in the comments, however you really want to. On Twitter, come find us and tell us what games you love that are outside of genres you play. Or spectacularly break the rules of their genre
0: oh yeah dude we should totally jump in the discord and talk about this when we post this episode because i would love to hear like everyone's stuff on this there's like it's funny people are always like "Ah, i don't like recommendations because they have too much on my plate but it's like you know what just see the ones that you want to see do the things that you want to do and uh, i'd love to hear your recommendations definitely smash that like button on youtube hit that subscribe button leave a comment and we will be in our Discord, which you can find in the show notes where we're going to talk about these games. But, uh, West, actually, why don't you just post, uh, post that right away in the Discord for me so that I can see if it comes out. Thank you, everybody, so much. And we'll see you guys all next week with another episode of the Need to Nerd podcast.